and welcome to Wednesday afternoon. Wednesdays are always busy on this show because we always have a great set of guests that we talk to. So Wednesdays are always kind of mm-hmm. busy and noteworthy and, you know, uh, lots to talk about. Today is a special Wednesday. Today's special. When it comes to special special things to talk about. I don't even know where to start because there are two, in my opinion, there are two things that are just a mess that could both be like the entire show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, of course, we have the Hunter Biden spectacle that happened today that we'll talk about. Um, but also, here we go again. There are Republican Congress people that are uh, threatening to file a motion to vacate the Speaker of the House against Mike Johnson. I am annoyed. Ever heard of something like that before? Never. Never could imagine. Holy moly. Are we living in a time loop? I know. It is so... I'm annoyed with it. I don't know where to start. Which one do you want to start with? Because they're both a I don't mess. Know. They're both good. They're both good. You <clears throat> you just... You just go. You know, I don't care. Um, They're both great. Let's start with Hunter because, okay, so it being a Wednesday, uh, of course, in about an hour from now, a little less than an hour from now, just after three o'clock, we will uh, it, <laughs> lighten up and have some fun on a day like today, man. It's more important than ever. Uh, and uh, we will have some fun when we open up Close's cabinet, talk to Mark Close from KC95, Skip Weber from Weber Chevrolet. So that'll be That'll be fun. We'll all be able to take a breath. Um, coming up here in just a few minutes, about 10 minutes from now, 15 minutes from now, maybe, we are going to talk to Rodney Boyd, who is, of course, the insider's insider of local news and politics, insider's insider of uh, Jeff City politics, and lots to uh, obviously talk to him about with the uh, it, first week of the session. We've now been exactly a week of the uh of the 2024 Missouri legislative session. So lots to talk about there, but also um, there is a, uh, a Missouri congressperson that has been very outspoken about the situation happening in, um, in the Capitol Mm -hmm. with the speaker of the house. So let's save that for part of our conversation with Rodney, because I know he has, I know he knows the congressperson and I know that he'll probably have some good insight on that. So we'll save that part of the conversation for Rodney Boyd here in just a few minutes. And we'll start with Hunter Biden and his shocking appearance this morning at his own contempt of Congress hearing. The house oversight committee met today at 10 AM to consider the resolution that recommends contempt proceedings against the first son is that even a thing? After he refused to comply with a subpoena compelling him to appear for a closed door deposition before the House Oversight Committee last month, um, Biden and his attorneys, Abe Lowell and Kevin Morris, just showed up unexpectedly, walked into the Unannounced. chamber, mm-hmm. and it was chaotic. And he walked in, grandstanded. And then stormed out. I did. This is funny. 
And and I hadn't seen this until uh, until just a little bit ago. I hadn't seen this part. When he walked out, of course, there's just like it's chaos. Oh yeah. And there's mm-hmm. reporters everywhere screaming questions. And one of them you can clearly hear yell, Are you on crack today? It's <laughs> Did you see it? Did it you hear it? Wonder I did see it. I did see it. <laughs> Are you on crack today? <laughs> it's just great. It's great. Because I think also in that video. All of those serious reporters were circling him. And granted, some of them had That's really the best good questions. Question. That's the best question. That was the best question. But and some, relevant. Some of them had qu- really good questions. The best question happened when a guy was screaming in the background, are you on crack today? Are you on crack today? And then I think he continued to follow Hunter down the hallway saying, do you prefer crack cocaine or just crack? Like, it was incredible. And I actually don't know if it was a reporter. It might have just been a guy. Gotcha. It gotcha. The story that I read listed it as a reporter, but yeah, you're right. It, it, I don't know for sure who it was. Um, during the madness there uh, in the chamber, um, I thought Representative Nancy Mace, who's her, her um, is that her right now yep. on television? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, her statements have been replayed and quoted the most for good reason, I think. She said, Quote, my first question is, who bribed Hunter Biden to be here today? Remember, and remember, he's standing right there, which is great. It's wonderful. Hunter Biden's standing right there. And uh, Congresswoman Nancy Mace says, quote, my first question is, who bribed Hunter Biden to be here today? That's my first question. Second question, you are the epitome of white privilege coming into the oversight committee, spitting in our face, ignoring a congressional subpoena to be deposed. What are you afraid of? You have no balls to come up here. So great. I think that Hunter Biden should be arrested right here, right now, go straight to jail. Our nation is founded on the rule of law. That law applies equally to everyone, no matter what your last name is. And then as she's trying to talk, she keeps getting cut off by the uh, the ranking Democrat. Uh, uh, and she says, and she says, what is a woman not allowed to talk in in, mm-hmm. in this proceeding? Just. Throwing all their own white privilege, a woman's not allowed to talk, like all their freaking buzzwords back at them. Uh, this was this was a stunt. Oh my gosh! That, yeah, I Big so stunt. It was unexpected. It was unexpected as far as like the general public, the media, yeah. the um, yeah. the Republicans, but somebody knew mm. that, and I and. I am willing to bet I certainly believe that every single one of the Democrats in that committee knew because in the aftermath, looking back at it, there was Secret Service coordination that had to be done. Mm -hmm. So when you when after it happened, you look back at the chain of events and you realize oh this was this was orchestrated by more than just Hunter Biden and his attorneys there were other people involved to get the secret service involved that means the president i mean i don't know i'm not saying this for sure but i would imagine that that also means that the president knew and obviously means that other people knew i am i am just my opinion is the democrats knew that this was going to happen. This is what I can't get out of my head. Jen Psaki a month ago was a panelist on MSNBC 
And she said during this panel discussion, Hunter Biden needs to shut up and disappear. We understand that the president, I mean, of course, the spin. We understand the president loves his son. We understand they have a great relationship and Biden will do whatever it takes to protect his son. But Hunter Biden is doing more damage to himself and the president by being out and about and speaking to the press than he could be if he would just disappear. That this what happened today, although I find the whole situation hilarious. Mm-hmm. I also find it a smack in the face mm-hmm. and a total and a total defiance for our systems, our branches of government, our justice systems, the way we apply law. But this is he thought it was cutesy time. This yeah. is what pisses me off. Yeah. He thinks it's cutesy time. He thinks, oh, Google Gaga, I'm here. I'm Hunter Biden. Look how cool I am. Look I, how tough I am. Look white, how. And Nancy Mace, it, she nailed it. White privilege. Yeah. Biden privilege. That's what I'm. It, yeah. Biden privilege. Entitlement. This, he did nothing but set himself up today for failure. Because there is not going to be a pundit. And, and I'm sure some Democratic pundits, too, are going to say, we wish Biden, Hunter Biden would just shut up mm-hmm. and disappear. Mm-hmm. I think, I don't think that they could, how can, if you're a Democratic pundit, mm-hmm. what, you can't look this in the face and say, smart move. Yeah. So cutesy. I can't remember. You can't. I can't remember who said this, but there was, the uh, what I think is a, a perfect way to describe it is it's not, there's not white privilege. There's power privilege and money Totally. And that was on display big time. Totally. On his way out, Hunter Biden was questioned by a Fox reporter that was there, a a reporter named Hillary Vaughn, who was there in the in the Capitol. And as he stormed out, right as Marjorie Taylor Greene started to ask him questions, he he just leaves Um, Hillary Vaughn from Fox in the hallway says uh, to him, why did you put your dad on speakerphone during these business meetings if he had nothing to do with your business? Right. Hunter Biden said, do you have a dad? Does he call you? Vaughn said, yes. Biden said, do you answer the phone? Vaughn said, yes. Biden said, okay, and walked away. And she said, okay, but why did you... Talk to him during business meetings if it had nothing to do with your business, and he didn't answer. Okay, like, but that is a terrible answer. Why did you put your dad on the on the phone with your business partners? You have a dad, right? Don't you answer his calls? Like that's not an answer at all. That's not even close to an answer. Because if you called me, Tony, while I was picking up my daughter Maeve, who I pick up from my parents' house, and you said I have to talk to you about something serious about the station, I wouldn't go to my parents' house while picking up Maeve and put you on speakerphone right. so that even my right. own mom and dad would be able to hear the business that's going on at our radio station. Right. Because I'm smart enough to understand this is confidential. Yeah. This is our yeah. business that yeah. we're trying to run. If we're in a meeting... With Jeff and Joe, yeah, and we're and we're we're talking about you know the upcoming station events or whatever. And my mom calls. I don't go. Oh, hey, my mom's calling. Put her on speaker and let her join the meeting. Let's say hi to everybody. <laughs> it has nothing to do. That it's a it's a ridiculous answer, and it is it is the definition of entitlement. And to your point. I don't know who 
who came up with this idea? I'm probably Hunter himself. But the fact that anybody, even Hunter and the people around him, thought that this was a good idea, that this was a good look, it's not a good look. Even for Biden supporters, he looks like the biggest punk Ever. 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 I couldn't, you couldn't create a worse person in a laboratory. If I was going to like. <laughs> That's true. If I was going to put That's in all true. the worst qualities of a human yeah. being, I couldn't do a better job of making a terrible person than Hunter Biden. The, uh, the issue with this, <clears throat> and I don't mean to bring this back to Trump, but there's a little bit of Trump oh, that no. I will say. I think this has every. I think the flip test is should be absolutely applied to this. Could you imagine if this was one of if this was Eric Trump or oh Donald Trump Jr. or somebody like? I mean, can you even imagine? But but I guess my point with this is that. The grandiose defiance nature of Donald Trump and how he has always been. Donald Trump, I don't think he would do something like this, but I think the way that Donald Trump approaches things in that grandiose, defiant Mm -hmm. nature has now sprinkled itself upon other people believing that they could do the same type of mechanism. And Hunter Biden, I believe... You tried to use some of that Donald Trumpness to pull a stunt like this, thinking something great's going to yeah. come from someone's got to have my back in this way. Is it there not one work. one person with a brain in that whole no. entourage to say, "Hey, but this is this where- is not a good look." And if the president, I haven't seen Joe. As far as I know, Joe has not said anything. Has not. Commented on this yet? If the president of the United States defends or approves of or is you know proud of his son for disrupting, storming into a congressional committee hearing, like nobody, I can't do that. You can't do that. I mean the. The audacity and the entitlement, right? And the it's horrible. Oh, it's 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 so bad. And if the president says it's okay, if he somehow tries to defend this, right? I mean, what a precedent to be set. But this is where, like, this type of politicking, this type of politicking, I think started with s- someone like Trump, and I, I. I don't mean to blame Trump. No, I'm I know what saying, you're saying. Yeah. Like this the, type of the stunt, showmanship, the stunt. Yeah. Uh-huh. The, the stunting. Yeah. yeah the, like the trying to get around and be the big dude on campus. Again, it has worked for Trump. Mm-hmm. It has completely worked for Trump. But that kind of politicking has been so present, ev- present ever since Trump was president. And now I think, I mean, you see Nancy Pelosi kind well, of trying to do that. Joe Biden kind of doing that. Hunter But It's like. And who's it worked for? No one. How many people have we seen no try one. to do the Trump thing? Marco Rubio. Totally. Like, you can just go down the list of people who decide, who thought like, oh, I'll just do the Trump thing. I'll do my version of the Trump thing. Yes. And 
nobody is that stupid to think that about no no absolutely not no i think you're i think you're right i think you're yeah but but again nobody has been able to do it successfully besides donald trump and not only has nobody been able to do it successfully everybody else who has tried looks dumb has has damaged themselves and looked 10 times worse for trying so bad to play that game bad and yeah, and and I and I agree, and I and I think that, and, and I'm not saying you're say, that you're saying that Trump would do this specific type of action. Right. I agree with you, like the in like in general, the this type of you know performative stunt yeah, yeah. that is definitely something that Trump has brought to the political theater. But he is smarter. Yes. To do, you know, he wouldn't have done something like this. He's got he, strategy. Yes, they. He would have known that this would have is a bad look. <laughs> this is so bad, and, and it really so puts the Democrats in a bad position because, like, again, if Joe Biden says that this is okay, that it's okay, that he's approves of it or happy about it or defends Hunter Biden storming in and out, showing up uninvited, leaving uninvited in the middle. In the can, middle. can we do that? Can I do that? Can you do that? Can anybody else do that? No, he gets to do it because he's Hunter Biden. He gets to break every freaking law and smile about it. Yeah, and he gets to take advantage of the of this country because he's Hunter Biden. He is a punk, punk, total punk. It was it, oh. something to see today. I don't. Yeah, and I just, I just don't see any positive or good thing. For the Democrats or Joe or Hunter or anybody coming out of this, they should have. She, uh, uh, Congresswoman Mace was exactly right. They should have put him in jail right then and there. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. All right. We got to talk to Rodney Boyd. Rodney Boyd, the insider's insider when it comes to Missouri politics, joins us next as we are one week into the Missouri legislative session. I wonder if uh, things in Jeff City are as uh, chaotic as they are. In DC. We'll find out from Rodney next on Columbo For podcast articles and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. Welcome back to Columbo and Katie on 1019941 News Talk STL. Wednesday afternoon means it is time to check in with the insider's insider of Missouri politics, our buddy Rodney Boyd. Rodney, uh, one week into the legislative session here in the state of Missouri, um, in Jeff City today, were there any entitled punks uh, uninvitedly walking uh, onto the chamber floor (laughs) to create a chaotic scene or is it a little more calm in, in Jeff City than it is in Washington, D.C.? Yeah, it's actually a little bit more calm. Uh, no pun intended, but yesterday there was this sort of weather deal and people anticipated something and so a bunch of stuff was canceled. So once again, we beat the airing on the side of caution and uneventful, uneventful activities. So I definitely want to... Um, you know, recap the first week and look forward uh, to what's next when it comes to, you know, Missouri news and politics. But I wanted to, uh, at the start here, uh, bring up the other chaotic 
and I think ridiculous conversation that's uh, a story coming out of Washington, D.C. today, which is here we go again with the uh, with the House of Representatives, Republicans in the House um, with calls to file another motion to vacate against the Speaker of the House, uh, Mike Johnson. And, uh, for example, uh, earlier today, Representative Chip Roy uh, was being interviewed and he said that he, quote, uh, uh, was leaving it on the table and he said, I'm not going to say I'm going to file the motion to vacate tomorrow, but I'm not going to say I'm not going to file that motion tomorrow. And the reason I wanted to ask you about this is because uh, one of our own uh, Missouri congressmen has been a part of this um uh, conversation very publicly. Representative Eric Burleson, um, who was who did an interview with I think Fox earlier today, uh, and and Representative Burleson also opposes the Johnson deal, the which is the the agreement with Schumer, the continuing resolution. That's what what started all of this. We've been talking about it all week, so I think people are pretty familiar with what started all this. And uh, Representative Burleson said today that he was not going to start a fight over leadership, but agreed that the option should remain on the table and said, quote, I think that the motion to vacate is an important measure. I don't think members should take it off the table because at the end of the day, my district people are frustrated. And if you're in a situation where you're more fearing the moderates than you are the conservatives, uh, we're going to continue to have bad outcomes. So uh, sounds like uh, Burleson not not necessarily pushing for the motion to vacate, but also not against it as you know some more of uh, uh, the uh, more moderate Republicans are. Um, what do you think of this situation? What do you think about the idea of uh, of one of our very own being kind of at the center of the conversation right now? You know, I think this is this is not surprising. But I think that there was an expectation with the new speaker that he would actually implement the hardline positions. And and look, man, when you're not in the uh, the Cadburn seat, the, the leadership seat, and you don't have all of the pressure, seen and unseen, what do I mean by that? So there are a number of people when they're not, you know, when you're not the speaker, you can take very ideological positions and say, if we don't get full funding for the border, uh, we shouldn't do A, or if we don't get full uh, clarity for how our um, money, our funds are going to be spent in, um, you know, in the uh, in the uh, war zone in yeah. Ukraine, then yeah. we shouldn't we shouldn't appropriate it. That's easy. Now you become the speaker, and there are some very powerful forces that are unseen, that are advocates and lobbyists that come to you and say, "Yeah, we appreciate the ideological, but here's the reality." We need to do X, Y, and Z because we are whomever, right? And these are the things that people don't see. And these are the things that the speaker is not dealing with. There is nothing about this speaker that before he was elected that would have given you the indication that he would do any kind of deal with, with Schumer. Nothing. Mm-hmm. So now you say, well, what's going on? How does this guy, who was pretty much a purist, by the way, and that's how he was able to ascend, only having four years in Congress or you know two or three terms in Congress, ascend to the speakership because he was pure. He's been able to stand in the ideological purity of what he would never do. But it's a different world when mm-hmm. you get the levers of power and the forces come knocking at your door in the nighttime or outside the daylight telling you what you have to do. And so, you know, and look, uh, Eric's a friend. Burleson's a good friend. Yeah. He understands this. And he also is able to stay in a, in a place of somewhat ideological purity. His base wants him to back in, in uh, Green County. And so it, it's just a different world. And I think that's the challenge, whether it is 
in Washington, D.C., or in Jefferson City. I, I think you know, you're... And we're seeing... Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. <clears throat> no, and we're seeing this play out. We're going to see this play out right now in Jefferson City. You will see that the people who don't hold the particular positions of leadership, right, with the titles, right, the president or the speaker, they have a much easier time sort of saying, hey, this is what it ought to be, and, and there should be no compromise. Because they don't have to necessarily deal with these unseen forces that are going to demand certain things, certain concessions. And many of those forces have been funding Republican initiatives and Republican C-Force for the last 30, 40 years. So you have to listen to them when you are in leadership. So you just touched on exactly where I was going because you and I have talked about this many times leading into this session specifically. I've talked to, you know, with uh, with folks like Justin Sparks and Nick Schroer and many others. Uh, it, this seems to be and now, and Eric Burleson is now is, is dealing with it, it, it along with representatives across the country uh, more than ever, I think. In both parties, but right now the spotlight is on is on the Republicans, both locally and nationally. The, the these elected officials are dealing with the question of of calling out their own party and going against the grain and standing up for you know whatever promises they think they made or did make to their constituents when they were running, and and weigh that against the. Um, the sacrifice of 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 production of of getting things accomplished and which is more important and we're hearing loud voices both in Missouri and across and and nationally of people you know that are not going along with the system anymore even if it does create uh, uh, chaos or a log jam um, and I think that this is I don't know what do you, I think that this conversation is is heating up it's getting worse not better not and i don't mean worse like it's a bad thing i just feel like this is we're going to see more of this not less of this going forward what do you think you know i think that this is the year that this sort of gets pushed to to a point of either becoming the way forward or the breaking point because the stakes are high we have at every level of government in this in our country we have an election and that election will set the table ostensibly for how this nation responds and moves forward for the next four, potentially to eight years, right? And so I think those that part of, you know, and, and, and there's, a, there's a real understanding of, for me of where people come from when they say no more compromise. Mm-hmm. Uh, people get elected, as we know, they run, they make commitments. And part of what they, what brings some people, some of these folks that are now, you know, uh, I use the term ideologically. What brought them into politics was their frustration with what they saw was the cronyism, the bad deals, the, the, the deals that sacrificed the greater good of the American public for special interests, right? And then people get up and they say, I'm going to run for state rep or state house or Congress. Then they get there and they go there with the significant idea that I'm not going to fold into the same thing that I was critical of. But then, like I said, there are these forces, these organizational forces, big money, uh, uh, agenda, uh, groups that have been funding the beast for a long time, and they start to weigh in. Now, you're able, if you're not in leadership, to withstand that. Because mostly you're not, you know, you're, you're, no disrespect, but you're one vote or you're a committee vote or a floor vote. But leadership has a different pressure point, and I've seen this for years. It is not the same when you sit in an office as a speaker or a leader of a chamber, or even in some cases a powerful committee chair, 
to just play the purest card mm-hmm. because there are forces. And so we're going to see now, and we, it's cost McCarthy his speakership, you know, it's cost other people the, the ability to not get elected to speaker in the U.S. House. If, if the current speaker can survive and hold true to some significant portion of his ideological purity, he will have to make compromises that will be anathema, offensive to a lot of folks that believe he was a purist apologist. But if he can survive, he might be able to be the one that ushers in a new era of, hey, we can hold to a significant amount of ideological purity, but on some of these things, we're going to have to make, we're going to have to hold our noses and in the short term make a, a, a deal we normally wouldn't like to get to a broader outcome. But what he's going to have to do is navigate this moment that Burleson was talking about, that you just mentioned with being tabled, and he's going to have to convince these guys that a short-term deal, he used to say this, losing the battle for sake of winning the war is a real conservative strategy. And a lot of people don't believe that because, quite honestly, they feel like they've never seen the ultimate war be won. It's just all these concessions after concessions after concessions after concessions. And then the budget gets bigger. The, the, the border's still not fixed. You know, the economy's still in uh, and, and for some ebbs and flows and shambles because we don't have a, a real budget process. So I understand the frustration on all sides. But it is not going to be easy to get someone that's ideologically pure in a position of speaker and able to hold the line on things that might require government shutdown to get what you want yeah. or might require funding to be completely cut off uh, in the middle of a war that we said as a nation, uh, whether people like it or not, that we're going to back one particular uh, uh, governmental structure. Yeah. So, so this, is, this is a tough this is a tough time. So, Rodney, um, I totally agree with what you just said. It's going to be so hard to get someone that is ideologically pure, as you put it. And when I look at the gamble that is going to be taken with possibly ousting another speaker, I mean, that's we still have a long way to go, but... What does that say to the constituents? We can look at this nationally, but what does it also say locally? Because we see these fractions happening even locally in Jeff City with the different degrees, I would say, of conservatism. And when we keep playing a card, I guess, of ousting a speaker because they're not exactly what we have in mind, does that lose people or does that gain people? Does it lose a vote or does it gain a vote? Both, and I'm not trying to be coy. No, th- those th- yeah. are in the in the ideological base. It's a, it's a it's a, a, a honorable standard, and for that you will be rewarded, right? Mm-hmm. So um, the speaker could lose his speakership, right? If he holds, you know, if he if he if he holds the the, uh, the purest line, that there could be dire consequences that would cost the overall process, right? And then he would be a hero back home. But would it be enough and in, 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 would it cause enough uproar, a shutdown or defunding a war at this time where he would ultimately lose the gavel? Like the question becomes, and I think this is what the current speaker is wrestling with today. What is, what, and this is a question that everyone has to ask introspectively. What is winning? Is winning, winning an ideological, we're not going to fund the government, we're not going to, increase the deficit we're not going to do that and we're going to win ideologically but we're going to shut the government down 
default on our national debt. I'm just asking the question. Yeah. Maybe cut off some funding to Ukraine and maybe even impede some funding to Israel. And we won. Okay. Now, what have we won if it causes the majority party to lose their majority, go back into the minority and spend two more years howling at the moon? Mm-hmm. It's, right? it, it, I think that's the rub. It, it really is. And I and like usually I have an opinion. I'm not saying my opinions are always right, but usually I have an opinion on what I think is the you know what right in a, in a particular issue. But I really I, I don't have a sense for what is you know what voters want. What is the you know what? is the more appealing move for voters when people dig in their heels and they say, you know, they, they go against the grain um, because they are standing up for, you know, their, uh, their promises to their constituents. Or if, if voters get more frustrated that progress is halted, it's going to, it's going to be really interesting to watch this play out both locally and nationally, specifically over the next few months in, in this election year. Talking to Rodney Boyd, Rodney only got a couple of minutes left. Um, <clears throat> any big headlines Rodney, coming out of the, we are we back? Oh yeah. You got me. Can you hear me? Did we lose Rodney? Uh Oh, yeah. can you hear me, Rodney? Sounds like you. Hello. 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 You got me. You got us. Uh oh. Uh oh. Might be going through a tunnel. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. We well, you know what? We'll take a uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll see if we can uh, reconnect with Rodney Boyd there in Jeff City. If uh, if not, we will continue to move on. Don't forget, we're going to open up closest cabin at three oh five. We'll have a little fun then, and we will uh, get back into some of these stories. I've got a couple more thoughts on the situation with the Speaker of the House. Uh, also, uh, St. Louis County Executive Sam Page unveiled a new logo for St. Louis County today. And he said that the logo is going to bring us all together. Oh, yeah. The logo. Mm. I'll show you the logo if you're watching on the cameras in a minute as well. Don't go anywhere. Listening to Columbo and Katie on 1019-941 News Talk STL. For podcasts, articles, and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. Welcome back to Columbo and Katie on 1019-941 News Talk STL. Big thanks to Roddy Boyd. The insider's insider of local news and politics for his insight on what's happening uh, both here in the state of Missouri and uh, obviously in Washington, D.C. in this um, this uh, battle in the Republican Party, which is, again, also happening here locally uh, uh, between, if you want to call them hardliners, that's what the, that seems to be the term that is being used the most in the media, the Hardliners that are calling out when they, you know, and not going along with the flow or the rest of the party if they, if they, you know, if they, if they're opposed to it instead of going along to get along and get uh, uh, progress accomplished, calling people out. And now here we go again with another um, conversation about the possibility of going through another motion to vacate the Speaker of the House in Washington, D.C. So, this is is this is far from over, mm-hmm. and it's going to be interesting to see which side, which type of politician, which action mm-hmm. voters reward. Yeah, it's going to be. Are they going to reward the, the people that are that are stopping, slowing down progress, and but are standing up for what they believe in and whatever they promised. Their constituents, or are they going to reward the people that are 
you know, making at least some level of negotiations in order to pass bills and get things done. It's going to be it's going to be interesting. I wonder also <laughs> in, in a world where I could predict the future and Donald Trump is the president in 2025, how much of an effect does that have on ousting people that have been going along to get along? Hmm. Not by Donald Trump's hand, of course, but the momentum but like and the what energy. you were talking about earlier with the yes. type of stunt yeah. that, that Hunter played today, like... Is Trump's influence going to be like part of why this is becoming such a big deal? Totally. I, I totally. mean, I, I don't think it can be. I don't I don't know if I don't I don't know the answer to that question, but I do believe that it cannot be it understated. It is, in my opinion, very true that Donald Trump it, individually, Donald Trump changed politics in america absolutely in a big way absolutely hey what good bad whatever not saying any of that i'm just saying he changed things Mm -hmm. and we're seeing all of that play out right change play out because Mm -hmm. some people are are uh, very opposed yep to going going against tradition and uh some are making their name as being the you know on the front line of of this new approach. So we'll continue to watch that play out. I'm we're far from done with that story, and I just I can't. I just it's just I, I just can't believe that we are doing it again. So possibly. quickly having this conversation again. I want to know tomorrow what Justin Sparks thinks of that. Yeah. Because he is he is someone, I mean, he's part of the Freedom Caucus here in Missouri. He is someone that is like, we are done toeing the line. Like, yeah. there is no more compromise left. We are in it all the way or we're not. Yep. yep. And I'm, I'm interested to see what he thinks about that. Yeah. This is, I mean, it's just, it doesn't get anything but crazy from this point out. We've talked about uh, we're, Monday is the Iowa caucus, mm-hmm. which is you know Nutty. unbelievable that we're we're here uh, tonight. Of course, is the debate at Drake University there in Iowa uh, in Des Moines. The uh, debate between Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley is tonight, starting at eight o'clock, and we will be carrying that right here on News Talk STL. We will be here all year long. Uh, covering everything surrounding the 2024 uh, elections, both locally and nationally, uh, will be one-stop shopping for everything that you need to know to be informed and updated on the elections uh, as we go through what is going to be a crazy year. Um, so tonight, Sam Page is going to give the uh, State of the County address. Now they... You know, the state of the state, yeah, the state of the state, the state of the union, state of the county. Sam Page's version of the of that is the state of the county. And that's going to happen tonight. Uh, And uh, ahead of that, the county executive today unveiled a new logo for the county saying it needed to unify the county's brand, the county's brand. Hmm. Page said, quote, the logo serves as a cohesive symbol 
to St. Louis County. I mentioned earlier, if you if you can click on the cameras, we stream live every day on the News Talk STL Rumble page, News Talk STL Facebook page, Twitter page, YouTube channel, and of course on the Columbo and Katie YouTube channel as well. Uh, I have the logo here. It's not a great picture, but you'll be able to see it. Um, Paige didn't say how much it costs to design this logo, nor how much it will cost the county to rebrand all of its materials. Remember now, when you make a change like this, we've done, I, I, like in radio, at radio stations throughout my career, we've changed the logo of the station yeah. or, or mm-hmm. changed the mantra of the station, mm-hmm. you know, like the taglines. Uh, and when you do that, you got to change everything. You got to change, you know, the the envelopes, the notebooks, the logo on the doors, the, the, the windows, the pen, everything. Like it's all like there's a there's a cost involved in that. So he did not say how much it costs design or how much it will cost the county to rebrand all materials. But the county, it, it is known that the county paid ninety thousand dollars last year for rebranding services to St. Louis-based company Elasticity. It's a marketing agency that designed the new logo and performed public outreach on it, according to the county's open finance website. This is the same company that the county paid uh, over $470,000 to in 2022 on COVID-19 pandemic messaging Mm. for the health department, as well as for recycling uh, awareness, uh, a recycling awareness effort, among other services. So this is when Sam Page needs to get out a message. This is, this is his company. Nearly $500,000 given uh, in 2022, at least $90,000 given last year for this logo. Uh, Republican Councilman Mark Harder, who you can hear regularly on the Vic Porcelli show, said that the council wasn't consulted about this new logo. A logo. The council has uh, financial oversight in the county and has been grappling with a twenty-seven million budget, twenty-seven million dollar budget deficit. Uh, so, you know, let's get a new logo. Sam Page went on to say, "Quote: This logo is more than a symbol. It's an identity. It is St. Louis County." Hmm. So, let's here we go. See, yeah, let's see what is. There's the logo. There's the brand. There's the identity of St. Louis County. As you look at that, remember, this logo is more than a symbol. It's an identity. It is St. Louis County. It also comes with a tagline. Oh, God, what is it? So St. Louis County now has a new logo and a new tagline, which is Opportunity Central. You know what's weird about the whole rebranding and Opportunity Central and all that. Is that on there? Oh, yeah. You're actually front and center right on there. What's weird about this rebrand is that I'm almost positive Sam Page tried to be the brand of St. Louis County when he told everybody what they had to do and when they had to do it and abide by his dictatorship. I that to me sent a message that Sam Page wanted to be the brand of St. Louis County because he was telling everybody what they had to do and when they had to do it and you couldn't you couldn't negate what he said. You couldn't have any backlash. Turns out people really didn't like that brand, I guess. Turns out people really didn't like the Sam Page brand. 
And I think it's hilarious and ironic that all of a sudden it's opportunity awaits or whatever. Opportunity central. You didn't give anybody an opportunity all throughout COVID. You shut Ah, everybody down. That's great. You shut everybody down. You didn't let anyone go to school. Everyone had to wear a mask. Everyone had to be vaccinated. You didn't give anyone any opportunities to do anything for themselves. (laughs) That's well said. So, great. was, Was it opportunity central for all the small businesses and uh, the, the school students, children. Yeah. It just is My like daughter who missed her junior and senior year of high school. Who had no prom. Who had coming. no orchestra concerts. Not a whole lot of opportunities there. Yeah. Opportunity Central. Where was that at? Also, did you even know that the county had a logo? That no. there was a logo even to be replaced? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I think that Sam Page thought he was going to be the logo of St. Louis County. And then people were like, yeah, this sucks. We don't like you. <laughs> so now he's like, rebrand. Got to rebrand. Nobody likes Sam Page, I guess. Mm. It just is so, it's such a baffling thing. And I'm just wondering what that even, that symbol that you just showed, what is that? What does that it's mean? The, it's, the, it's the beginning of a, of a bright, prosperous future. For St. Louis County. For St. Louis County. Get Gotta ready. Rebuild. Get ready to watch the businesses and Fire money. Fireworks fly. And yeah, just the positivity is going to be pouring in. Thanks to Sam Page and his new logo. You think that people did have kind of like an uproar and they're like, yeah, we don't feel good about St. Louis, like the direction of St. Louis County. And he's and like, do you think he felt that? His I, think the felt only, that? I think the I think the best reaction that you could have to this is uh, who cares? <laughs> and the worst reaction is that is that like, how much is this going to cost us? Yeah, <laughs> I don't see any reaction that's like. Let's yeah, go. and a baby Sam Page. <laughs> wow, big win for Sam Page. Well done. Open it up. Yeah, like I don't see that one. I don't see the. I don't see the <laughs> only big in win. his own mind. I don't see the big win for Sam Page by rolling out this uh, this new logo. All right, we are going to have a little fun uh, and lighten the mood a bit and open up Close's Cabinet. We'll talk to our buddy Mark Close from KC95 and the sponsor of Close's Cabinet, Skip Weber from Weber Chevrolet. Uh, Don't forget that uh, all of the people involved in that conversation are going to be a part of a show. Katie and I have a band, our band's playing with Mark's band on January 27th at Westport Playoff. A concert that is sponsored by Weber Chevrolet. Tickets are available now at the Westport Playhouse website, westportplay.com. So we'll talk a little bit about that fun party. And uh, I'll tell you about some predictions that were made about the year 2024, 100 years ago. Nice. And we'll see if people were right. We'll do that next. You.